full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvas. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions. To act like the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan. The full court press. Happy Monday, everybody. 401 your start time here on May 24th. Uh I would ask how you're doing, but if you're a jazz fan, it's probably not good, so I'm gonna avoid that question. And we're here for you. And we are, but we are. He, that's the thing. You know what? We are here for you. If you need to cry, you need to hug it out. Me and AJ, we're here okay, for you. Okay, dude, you need it. You're, you're just the intern. Okay, AJ's <laughs> here in, for you. Thank you. It is not your job to have to hug people. Okay, you don't have to take on that such responsibility. Of course not. It's not a job. It's a it's a privilege. <laughs> uh, Eric is gone today. Uh, gone, not dead. Alive, but not forgotten. He'll be back on Thursday, and then he's gone all of next week. Like. So we don't have a show on Monday next week. It's a Memorial Day. But Tuesday through Friday we have shows, but Eric won't be here. So you'll get a little bit of Eric on Thursday and Friday. Today I'm uh, running solo with the help of Cody. Yep. Uh, AJ Knight, is uh, he'll be with us Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, we'll also have a guest visitor on our show on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of NBA basketball today. Like It's going to be almost like it's NBA today, just NBA full court press is what we'll call it. Basically, that's going to be pretty much what it is. We will talk some golf. Uh, you know, I, Cody, I, I like golf. Yeah. Um, when like it's Sunday, because really yeah. rounds Thursday, Friday, or Friday and Saturday, I just I can't do it. I don't feel like okay. Well, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you when it comes to golf. It, if it's on on a Sunday, very like relaxing, like relaxing, lazy kind of thing that you can kind of watch. I just can't do it Friday or Saturday. I'm in the same boat as you. So uh, we'll talk a little bit of golf. Lefty winning the PGA Championship, becoming the oldest to ever win a PGA Championship, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, at the age of, what, 50, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's 50. Let's see here. And dude, and, and dude, he's 50, and he walks and he plays like he's 40. That's hard to do. Yeah. And, and he was incredible. Good for him. In that PGA tournament. He was absolutely fantastic in that championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want you to be a part of the show, especially today since I'm running solo, quote-unquote. I'll be running solo. So we are welcoming all the text. Any bit of text you can give us, we'll take it. Because, again, I'm I'm running this. There's nobody near me. (laughs) So I would love some help from our listeners. Please text in the show. 435-339-0300. Two one to text into our Gill Mortgage text line. Don't forget Gill Mortgage. You can select from hundreds of loan products tailored to your needs. They have access to all loan products and can tailor to the perfect loan to you, regardless of whether you are a first-time home buyer, investor, new construction, or a seasoned home buyer. Gill Mortgage and Carrie Nielsen will ensure your loan is correct and closes on time. You can call Gill Mortgage at four three five two nine four two four eight zero. Again, our text line four three five three three nine. Zero three, two one. All right, let's hear from our listeners. It's a safe place. Okay, yeah. <laughs> therapy session is uh, 12, 15, 16 hours behind, but uh, we would love to hear 
from the uh, from the listeners. 435-339-0321. Let me hear from uh, you, you Jazz fans. Are you angry? Are you upset? Are you frustrated? Are you calm? Are you like, hey, we're fine. It's game one of a seven-game series. First one to four. We're fine. Uh, give me your thoughts on the, the Donovan situation. We're going to get into that in just a little bit as well. Um, we're going to get in. Uh, that, that's a messy situation. Uh, Donovan spoke today. We're going to hear from him. We're going to hear from Quinn Snyder as well. Yep. we got a few things from him. Uh, we will, again, we'll talk a little bit of golf, but it's going to be a lot of NBA basketball today. So if you're not an NBA fan, just bear with us. We'll get you in there somehow. Uh, 5338 text in. Don't touch the knee, lowly peasant, signed Brooks Kepka. I feel bad for Brooks, dude. Okay, so I was watching that final round. Yep. And everyone's swarming Phil, right? Because he's going to win the PGA Championship, and everyone, everyone wants to be around the guy who's going to win it all. Of course. And so Phil's walking to his ball, and there's a crowd of people behind him. I mean, just, like, pulling at him and swarming him and, his caddy's like, I gotta protect these clubs because if I lose one, I'm getting fired. Mm-hmm. But it was just funny to watch Phil walk with this huge crowd and then just creeping behind, like maybe 20 yards behind, is Brooks Kepka. And he's just like, huh, dang, that's what it's like to take second to lefty, huh? <laughs> you know, and like nobody cared about the guy. I felt bad no. for him. I felt bad for him. Next, I really did. Next time. Uh, any text? Yeah, we got a couple coming in. Uh, let's go with. Four zero three four, good opener. I really like it. Uh, the Jazz suck, <laughs> but, but Julio to the Pats? Oh, question my gosh. mark. Okay, so as a diehard Patriots fan, yes, yes, please give me somebody like that. You get, you need it. That's for dang sure. Oh, we need a lot of things. <laughs> like we need to get rid of Cam Newton, and really? we need a receiver. You don't like Cam that much. I'm not a Cam guy. Okay, that's Cam fair. is Cam is exactly what we saw in Carolina. Yeah, good when there's not adversity. Really good when he's not adverse. Yeah. I kind of felt like he you, got... When you get that pressure, when you suck that bad, when you're not good, then you kind of see where, like, what Cam really is. Yeah, I kind of feel like he got just a, the raw end of a deal and just it kind of fell off the edge, and it's kind of a bummer. Like, I like I like Cam Yeah, as a, as a dude, as a bro. He's a bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but uh, quarterback play, not so hot right now. So, okay, so Julio to the Pats. Here's the yeah. biggest issue I have with everything that happened. Yeah. As you heard at the top of the hour update, the interview over the phone they did with Julio Jones. Shannon and Skip? If Julio didn't know he was live on the radio show, Shannon needs to be fired. You he, can't do that interview without him knowing he's, without him knowing he's live. He, yeah, I I haven't got the chance to listen to the whole thing yet, but like listening to that little bit that they had at the top of the hour, it seemed like he was really laxed in the way he was talking. Yeah, it was exactly. Like, like he's like, he I just want to win. Like I was like, this doesn't really sound like Julio. Yeah. Well, like, and that, so did you listen to the end of it? Uh. Uh-uh. He's kind of like, like Shannon's like, oh hey, by the way, we're live uh, here on the uh, undisputed or whatever, and Julio's like, what? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I oh, Shannon no. just committed a major, major a- atrocity. Yeah, and crossed the line in a huge way that he shouldn't have done it. But oh. yes, Julio to the Pats, absolutely. Let's do it right now. Oh boy, I'll, I'll, we'll trade you Cam Newton, and we get Julio Jones. It's a fair trade. Wow, that's very fair. How about <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, the last little bit, Julio's just been hurt a lot. Like I don't feel like there's a Dude, whole lot I don't know left if in he's the tank. Hurt or if he's tanking it. 
Uh, that's fair. I don't know if he's hurt or if he's tanking. Well, it. if you played for Atlanta, like, pfft, dang, bro. Uh, well, what else we got, Ben? Uh, let's go ahead. Five, three, seven, four. Uh, the Jazz pulling Mitchell last minute really hurt their game plan. Not, no worries at all. Will Dylan Brooks keep up this play all series? Question uh, mark. So I'm really excited about, and that's a great, 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 great text from five, seven, three, four. Sorry. Was that is it five seven three four who texted uh, that? Five three seven four. Five three Close. seven four. Yeah. Um, that's a great point that he brings up. Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops from ESPN.com is going to join us in the five o'clock hour, mm-hmm. and we are going to have a lengthy discussion about the Donovan Mitchell situation, how that affects your game prep on Sunday. Or so yes, uh, Sunday morning in the shoot around, he said, "I'm good to go. I'm ready to go." Yep. And then at about. What, 2 o'clock? Maybe 1 o'clock? Yeah. Uh, reports come out saying that, or leaked sources that told Tony Jones of the Athletic, hey, he's not going to play. He's out. Or he'd been ruled out. I was pretty taken back by that report. Um, Eric Walden, who writes for the uh, Salt Lake Tribune, had a timeline of, of what had happened. And I want to go through that timeline really quickly because it's, it, it's interesting. Okay. Just in regards of, when it started, and, uh, and just how it all ended, too. So, on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, on, if I can find it. On Thursday, he says uh, that he's, he's, uh, he's feeling good. Um, he's having no issues at all. Yeah. And uh, he's on track to be able to play. And then... Uh, Friday, same thing. Saturday, sounds like he's good to go. Yep. Sunday, he says he's good to go. And then Monday, it's over. I mean, yeah. sorry, Sunday, it's on Sunday afternoon, it's over. Yeah. He's not playing. Yep. It made no sense to me. No, it was really it's kind of suspi- kind of sus, kind of suspicious. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Uh, and so it's interesting because they said Donovan Mitchell's camp. In fact, I think Andy Larson. I have to. See, I, you got to go through a bunch of tweets now to find everything that you want. But Andy Larson had tweeted out that uh, Donovan Mitchell's camp. In fact, this is courtesy of ESPN.com. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim McMahon and Brian Windhorst are on this uh, on this article and on the report that Mitchell was furious, quote unquote. They used the word furious for the late call to sit him for game one, and then. Uh, they said that Mitchell has his own uh, rehab team, I guess training team. In fact, it says, quote, after Mitchell progressed slowly in the early stages of his recovery, he began to work with his personal training, his personal training staff. Again, let me capitalize, bold, underline, italicize those words. Personal training staff on the rehab battalion. I feel like I just screwed that word up. <laughs> he had his own personal training staff. To work with him on the rehab. Now Quinn Snyder said. And in fact he confirmed the ESPN report. And they said it was called a collaborative effort. But Mitchell said the team's medical staff. Has the final say on a player's availability. When he's returning from injury. Someone. Someone got mixed up in the miscommunication. For that to happen. Yeah. We'll get into more of that here in a little bit though. Again uh, Dan Clayton of ESPN.com. Salt City Hoops. Joins us in the five o'clock hour. We'll we'll hit that hard. 
any more text? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, Ajay is exactly right. This is uh, 1181. Uh, Ajay is exactly right. Shannon Sharp has to be fired. Yeah, absolutely. It was so yeah, weird. If, if you if you are calling, and and here's the other thing. Word gets around from the NFL players. Mm-hmm. They chat. They talk. It is like a girls' gossip group at a brunch. I believe it. Going on about the neighborhood secrets that mm-hmm. are going on. Hey, did you hear that? That uh, Jody, um, yelled at her husband about the French toast and stormed out of the door. I can see it. She walked out. She left. She hasn't been back yet. That is exactly what goes on with players. Word gets around. And if uh, if Shannon Sharp and the Undisputed wants to have a chat with another NFL player, they aren't going to do it. If this was live, or excuse me, if, if Julio Jones did not know this was live yeah. and he recorded the phone call, we've got issues. Oh, that's bad. It's not good. No. And it's not good for Julio. Julio no. doesn't know what's going on. No, he thought he thought he was just he talking he was with Shannon in casual conversation, shooting the breeze with Shannon. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shannon, I'm looking at a still photo. I have not seen the video or anything okay. like that. Hit but me. Shannon's holding the phone like live. He's I'm looking at it right now. He's got the phone right here on live TV. So I haven't watched the video. I just heard. No. I've just heard the audio. No, I'm looking at it right now, and I I, just, I see Shannon Sharp holding his phone. No way. Right here. I don't know if he was hooked up. I don't. I think it was a legitimate phone call, maybe, perhaps. I'm not trying to jump the gun, but I'm just telling you, I'm seeing this well, still shot. Because for, well, and, and here's the, the other phone thing. right here. Why isn't Julio Jones released anything and said, "Uh, yeah, I didn't know I was live." I have no idea. I would, I would immediately come oh, out yeah. on that and say, "Hey, I didn't know I was live. I had no idea that they were recording this phone call live on their sports talk show." Dang, that is disgusting. That's messed up. That is gross. That's kind of weird. All right, what else we got? All right, moving on here. Uh, Cam, okay, this is from 4086. Uh, Cam is all washed up, just like the Patriots. Sorry, Aj. Jones will be a Bronco just like Rogers will. No worries about the Jazz. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> you good there? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Something about the Cam is all washed up got me. <clears throat> I know you're tearing up. Sorry. Come on. Um... <clears throat> So Cam is washed up. Cam's not 2015. Um, <clears throat> not 2015 Cam Newton. You no. aren't going to get Superman anymore. The guy who's in the middle of the end zone dabbing. No, that's that's nope. But what you did, but what people seem to forget about that year is when he got to the Super Bowl and he played a violent, confident, well-schemed defense like the Broncos, and he got eight and alive. Dude, you saw you saw Cam Newton just fall apart. It's like Jameis Winston in the 2015 or 16 national championship. Yeah, when everything's going great, and then when they got to the national title game, and we're getting absolutely pounded to the ground. Yeah, him and Jimbo Fisher went at it. Yeah, and Jameis was losing his mind. Jameis played like crap. And see, that's the thing is like you you get if you can get the regular season Cam Newton without the adversity hitting him and him just losing his mind. Mm-hmm. Without him acting like a five-year-old in temper tantrums, Cam Newton can be really, really, really good. The other problem is, is Cam Newton's not getting rid of the ball. He's holding the ball too long. He's making bad reads, mm-hmm. and then he comes out after the game with his stupid fashion, mm-hmm. the weird hats and the weird scarves and stuff. And he's yeah. like, "You know, we just got. I just got to be better." Well, no crap, dude. Everyone knows you suck. Everyone knows you play like crap. So do something about it. Be a threat. Yeah, and, and he's not. 
And that and that's the biggest issue I have. I, I'm I'm in agreement. Um, with in regards to Jones being a Bronco, no, I don't, I, the, I don't see well, it. No, well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I take that back. If Rodgers does go to Denver, Jones will go to Denver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're telling me that Jones would want to play the quarterback like Rodgers? Well, okay. The, this this thing that you just brought up just made me think of like what kind of like what the NBA did. You know what I mean? Like okay. Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers, <laughs> creates this super team in the NFC. Do we have a potential? I mean, like this theoretical idea. Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. They have draft capital. They have things to move, like money and stuff like that. Does Aaron Rodgers create a super team in Denver? Why not? What? I don't know. Here's the thing. You've been complaining that you've got no help in Green Bay. Nope. You go to Denver, and you can get Julio Jones. Go get yourself a consistent back. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be a three-down back. Mm -hmm. Give me a two-down back who can give you four to five yards a pop. Mm-hmm. To create a third and medium, a third and advantage situation that you can, with confidence, on third and six, put Julio Jones on the far side of the field. Mm-hmm. He's going to run a crisp route, and you're going to put it on time like you normally do because you are the baddest man on the planet. He's a bad man. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. You have Jerry Judy as well on the other yeah. side. I mean, like, you got the makings. Does does Denver's defense, is it comparable to the Buccaneers' defense? No, not even close. Exactly. That's no. what I'm thinking. Not even, but, it, but I don't worry about that if I've got an offense that's led by Rodgers and Julio Jones. That's true. I don't worry about that. Look, the Patriots in 2017, uh, when they lost to Philadelphia, I mean, mm-hmm. it may have been 18, uh, when they lost to Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I, they didn't worry about the, the offense, or I mean the defense, because they knew they had the offense. Now, granted, the defense cost them the Super Bowl. You I mean, you score 40-something points, you should win the, you should win the football game. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the issue, though, is, is can that offense sustain it for 17 weeks and yeah. not get tired out by week 17? That's true. I, I like to think that, like, this hypothetical, like, why not create a super team in Denver? But, like, what would it really truly do? What will it do to Aaron Rodgers' career if he can't produce like Tom Brady's produced in the, at, yeah. to the Buccaneers? Like, yeah. I don't know. All right, what else we got? Yep, we got 9463. Um, play the audio of the Shannon call. It's clean and it doesn't cuss. Oh. All right. Well, fetch yeah, Let's play it. Because here's the thing is mm-hmm. I'm – I'm appalled that Shannon would actually have the guts to do that on his talk show. I, I, As a former player that Shannon is, he would have had the same yeah. frustration. Yeah. I don't know. I that, got, I got that a, Julio Jones would have had. I yeah, I completely understand. Right? He I mean, he would have been angry if he would if he found out he was live on a sports talk show. Yeah. Having that conversation. Oh yeah. If someone like I, I really genuinely believe I'll I'll make my opinion after we listen to this audio here. Okay. Um. But by the way, I don't know Shannon Sharp personally, but I think it's just like one of those things where you're trying to flex and your mind goes out the window and you're like, oh, I really kind of cheesed somebody pretty bad. Like you know they put Julio in a bad position. I have the audio right here. Let's take a listen. We call. Okay, we are right, calling. We're calling. Hmm. You watching Julio? I really hope he answers here. 
Julio, have the guts to pick up the phone. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. All right. Julio. Hold on, hold on. Put you on I got you. This is your favorite uncle. What's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Try to go meet up with my brother. What's happening with you? Man, look. You want to go to the Cowboys, Julio? Or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh, man. Nah, I'm out of there, man. You He's out, out. Of there? He's out of there. Oh, Are you going to... Ideally, where would you like to go? Um, uh, right now, I'm just... I want to win. Okay. Yeah. We don't go to Dallas. If you go to... You ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Uh, you already, you already, man, listen, come on, man. You already know I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that man did not know he was Holy live on air. Sh- Nikes. <laughs> Never mind. I K- changed my compa- a- my opinion completely. A- a- okay, so, okay, so not only does he break a huge rule and cross a major line. Yep. But that's tampering. This is your favorite uncle. Where you want to go? You want to go to the Cowboys? Yeah. Like that's there's tampering involved in there. What Shannon just did Ugh. to say that he doesn't he, he's like don't go to the Cowboys. What are you doing, dude? Oh, you can't bad. say that. That's really bad. That's not bad. only not only is Fox gonna get a call, or not only is Shannon gonna get a call from Fox, the NFL he's is going to call involved. Fox yeah. and call Shannon, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be a major discussion. And I'm not even joking when I say this. There could be a lawsuit. Yeah. There's a lawsuit that could be very, very realistic from Atlanta, from Dallas, and from the NFL. Absolutely. That the undisputed TV talk show and Fox would lose in a rout. That is a huge problem. That, that I, I mean, like, this is the first time I've been able to listen to the and watch the video as well. They literally called him in the middle of the show. And Julio's like, oh, hold on, I'm going to put you on speaker. That dude did not know he was live. Yeah, he's going to see his brother. He's Is going to right? see his brother. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go see my brother right now. Like, <coughs> man, I feel bad. I'm just surprised Julio hasn't put anything out yet. I am too. I am too. Which maybe I maybe he's talking to Atlanta. And Atlanta, he's like, look, dude, I had no idea. Yeah. That's not on Julio. At the end of the day, that's not on Julio. That's for dang sure. Yeah, that's... That's bonkers. Dang. All right. Okay, so so tell me, mm-hmm. on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being that's very legit and 1 being that was absolutely set up, staged, you would say what? I would definitely put that in an 8.5. Yeah, me too. Me too. 8.5. Me too. Like, I feel heartbeat. very confident. Absolutely. All right, what else we got? All right, we got 4086. Uh, and it says, Cody, how's the garden coming? My garden's coming along great. Okay, so is this the person <laughs> that called into your show yes. on Saturday? Yes. Yes. You said they love your gardening? 4086 called into my other show, The Garden Guide, and uh, very avid listener for both the fan and The Garden Guide. So what do you what do you do on that show? Do you, like, talk at all? Like, what do you do? Yeah, like, uh, so I, I do something very similar to what I do here. So I'm up early mornings on Saturday. And uh, me and Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden, uh, I take phone calls and, you know, uh, put people on the air and they ask Mark all the gardening questions. And, you know, when I started with Mark, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start a garden as well. So me and my wife have been starting our garden and stuff like that. No kidding. uh, Yeah. And then you ask, Ajay, do you have a garden? So I don't. 
Uh, I am not a gardener. Huge bummer. I wasn't either, but it's very relaxing. Here's the thing. is I'll buy flowers, and then they'll die within a week. Right. I need to start listening to your show to get some advice. You give it love? Can you, can you, well, I, I know, I don't care about the love. I just need advice. That's why your flowers die. I need some <laughs> Cody the Gardener advice. Oh. And so I'll, I, I need to call in. All right. Go ahead and call in. I do. AJ, and, and ask I questions. would love if you call in on Saturday morning. That'd be awesome, huh? You'd probably hang no. up on me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> 435-339-0321 to text into the Gil Mortgage Show. Anything else? Uh, Yeah. Nine four six three. We really appreciate everybody texting in. We yeah, love keep being it able to keep it coming. Bounce off of all of your ideas and everything like that. AJ has a frog in his throat, but I'll go oh, ahead and man. read this. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, in reference to the Julio call, it was legit. And Molly, the show host, was trying to tell Shannon to tell Julio he was live, and he ignored her. And then right when he was hanging up, he was like, "Oh, by the way, this was live, bro. See ya." Oh, you got to be kidding me! Oof. Oof. Dude, that, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen, and yeah. it's coming. The NFL and the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys could sue it just for, uh, what's that word? I mean, like tampering. When you, like when you damage their name. Defamation? Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could use it for that. The NFL could use it because he's putting one of their employees on the phone in a live talk show without his permission. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons could use it for tampering. I have no doubt that Julio and Shannon have some sort of very strong bond by the way that they were talking, but Shannon kind of dropped the ball on that one in putting Julio in a bad position. I can't believe he said that. I dude that That bothers me that Shannon did that. I mean, I don't watch the K. Okay, I don't watch Undisputed. I can't stand Skip <laughs> Bayless. I can't, I can't stand I watch Shannon it, Sharp. I've never liked <laughs> Shannon Sharp. So I don't watch their show. Okay. I watch it. Um, Not religiously, but when I was driving for uh, people, for food, I would listen to their show. Yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Um, But if it's staged, it's well staged. Oh, yeah. Well done. You got me. Yeah, it seems you got pretty a lot real. Of us. Yeah. Absolutely. You got a lot of us. But that's a crazy, crazy thing to try and pull off. And I still don't think the NFL would be happy about it. No. They're still going to get a phone call from Fox. Or they're still <laughs> going to call Fox and be like, don't ever do that ever do that again. again. If that was staged, don't ever do it again. <laughs> that will get them in big, big, big trouble. Yeah. All right. I got to get a drink, man. So let's yeah, take let's a break. go ahead and take a break. We'll come we? back. We'll talk some more Dominic Mitchell. We'll talk Utah Jazz basketball. Bring the text in. I want to know what your thoughts are on last night's Jazz game. Uh, we're going to talk the weekend in basketball. There's other games going on besides the Utah Jazz. We'll talk more of the Donovan Mitchell situation. We'll get you ready for game two on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock in Utah. Uh, we'll get you also ready for games going on tonight. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Hi, this is John Horton, General Manager at ARS. COVID-19 is a mess, but it doesn't have to be. We at ARS recognize your desire to take the best care of your workspace and home in order to protect your family, staff, and other building occupants. We have certified technicians that use leading industry processes, state-of-the-art equipment and technology, and cutting-edge products when disinfecting. We understand your needs and are ready to help. Remember, got a mess? Call ARS. 
Ladies, do you have your men's ring yet? We know that he got you the perfect ring, so let's get him one that will show how much you care, such as a one-of-a-kind Damascus steel, his choice of camo, or an exquisite redwood inlay. And if you really want something out of this world, come check out our meteorite rings. For the largest selection of unique men's rings, make it special, make it Jarek's at 930 North Main in Logan. Jarek's Make it special, make it Jarek's. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. Do you have a son or daughter who's in high school or maybe they're attending a university, college, or trade school? What if they decided to start a business right here in Cache Valley? Wouldn't that be cool? Would you shop at their business or use their services? (laughs) You'd probably tell everyone you know to shop there. Hey, you might even wear a sandwich board or tattoo their business logo on your forehead. Did you know when you and your family shop at locally owned businesses, every dollar you spend returns an average of 300% more money to our community compared to just 13.6% for big chains or next to zero if you shop those companies online. Shopping locally creates jobs for you, your neighbor, your family, and it creates tax revenue for our community, parks, police, roads. But don't wait for your son or daughter to start a business. Support local business today. And when your son or daughter opens their business, we'll support them too. See how you can help at CashValleyMediaGroup.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Cody Olson, run of the board. It's the Full Court Press. I'm Ajay Salveson, 431. Your time here on May 24th. On May 29th in Benson, from 10 to 1, you'll have the spring sale at Daryl's Appliance. Only held once a year. One day only, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. On May 29th, it's the 51st anniversary sale with kitchen package specials. Enter to win a freezer. Extra 15% off 5GE appliances. Extra 10% off 4 GE appliances. Extra 5% off at 3 GE appliances. New huge load of scratch and dents plus a freezer blowout. Balloons for kids. Daryl's. West on Airport Road. They got that spring sale. Again, only once a year on May 29th in Benson. Head over there. Get yourself uh, some appliance needs. Yes. <clears throat> Guild Mortgage Text Line 435-339-0321. Texan, uh, love to hear your thoughts about the Jazz. Yes, we do. Uh, love to hear your thoughts about Donovan Mitchell situation. Four seven eight one. I missed the first thirty minutes of the show. How many times did I just say the Jazz suck? Hey, only once. It was because only the text said it. Yeah. We're doing the whole good cop, bad cop thing. I guess maybe unless Ajay's going to be good cop. Here, today. Here, okay, so a couple of things. Okay. Um, Jazz played like crap last night. 
They, and 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 yeah. for and for four seven eight one, if you don't say they suck, you're lying to yourself. They played bad basketball. If you don't agree that they were horrible last night, that they played like crap, you're lying to yourself. It's one thing to go and lose a game one. That happens. That that absolutely happens. I play, I mean, I, I was frustrated with the way they were playing. I was losing my mind. I mean, you got Jordan Clarkson taking transition threes contested. Yeah. You have Bogey bouncing the, the, the ball with his kneecap. You have Off his shin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have Mike Conley, I thought, played okay. Not great, but okay. Um, he's getting worked by Jaw on defense. Everybody though. was getting worked by Jaw. Yeah. Everybody was. Nobody is is left unaccountable for the bad defense of John Morant. What is frustrating, though, is that they made no adjustments. And so that also goes to my next point, is that they were just outplayed. Okay, well, it, it was a combination. I don't believe that the, the, jazz, the jazz played bad basketball, period. But at the same time, the Memphis Grizzlies were in your face, and they wanted to play great basketball, like... That's such a great point. Yeah. Here's the thing is that Memphis took this game and said, we're going to make it a street fight. Yeah. They took it to them. Uh, five, seven, six, three. Got to figure out how to stop John Morant. He killed us at the end of that game. It was amazing how Bogey kept us in the game. Needed Rudy to close out that game defensively. So l- let's go thought by thought there. Okay. Uh, John Morant, here's what you do. You drop. You're big. You drop your guy mm-hmm. and say, okay, you know what? You pull up from three and you hit it. Instead of giving him the floater. Which they gave and all the, night. Oh, they gave it all night. Yeah. Instead of giving him the floater, you say you shoot it from deep. Let's see you make 15 of those. Yeah. Dare him. Dare a rookie in, a, in, in his first playoff game. Not a rookie. A second-year guy in his first road, true road playoff game. To go out there and say, shoot that three, make 15 of those. You dare him to do that. Instead, Cody, they played right into his hand, allowed him to take six dribbles into the restriction area, left up a floater, and hit it. Every time. Every single time, and they didn't guard it. Nope. It was very frustrating for me to kind of look at the the last five minutes. Um, Boyan... Uh, was was clawing us back into this game. It, it felt like everything was so hard to to get there, and then we're just they would come down the floor and like, okay, just stop the ball one time, and we couldn't stop it. Not one time did we stop the floater. Not one time did we prevent them from penetrating and and shooting that floater. That 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 long layup. It was just so annoying. Go. Uh, so Bogey was good in the fourth quarter. He was bad in the first two and a half quarters. Yep. He scored 20 of his 29 in the fourth. Yep. Not bad. Nope. The problem is I need Bogey to be good through quarters one through four. Yeah. Mike Conley had 22, 11 assists, six boards. Rudy Gobert, 15 and 11. Uh, he fouled out for the first time all season. And you go back and watch those fouls, and they're not horrendous calls, but they're yeah. a little cheap for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird to see that uh, the refs would let some things pretty egregiously go. And then they would call some people that last night for something very small. I didn't really get the gauge on what they were trying to do. And that's what Rudy said last night. Rudy said, I don't know how to play. Yeah. Because I didn't know how they were calling it. Because there were segments, I think, like before halftime where people were 
flying all over the court, getting shoved and poked in the eye and slashed and ripped down. And then, and then I don't know if they came back at halftime and they're like, okay, no more. And you breathed on somebody and got a little push off. And I don't know. What are your all thoughts? Don't know. I, I'm bothered in a lot of ways just because, look, again, it's one thing to lose a game one. Jazz lost game one to the Rockets in 1998. No yep. big deal. Came back, won the rest of the series. We're on our way. Yep. What I do have a problem with is Memphis coming and punking you around. Uh, you had the head butt from Dylan Brooks, or, which, by the way, should have been an ejection and should be a one-game suspension. It won't be, but mm-hmm. it should be. Yeah. But you, you let that young team come in and push you around. They got in your face. They trash-talked you. Yeah, they did. Why didn't you say anything back? Why didn't someone, when Dylan Brooks was going to the hole, clock Dylan on the ground, stand over him, get a technical, and say, there. Yeah. Now I got a technical that was actually worth it. Instead of just throwing your body into Instead somebody of, for no purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I have so many problems right now with the way the Jazz like we we can blame the refs. You can say that Memphis was acting like it was a street fight, which is fine. It's the NBA playoffs. Make it a street fight. If you're the eighth seed, you go in there and you say, you know what? We're gonna make this our game. We're not a road team. We're gonna come in here and we're gonna make you just, uh, I don't know how to put it. The Jazz were so out of their game and yep. so out of their comfort zone yep. that they're dribbling balls off their feet. They're not shooting it well. They're airballing shots. You got Jordan Clarkson barely grazing the rim on a three. Yeah, that was kind of frustrating. Do you know what really bothered me, though, Ajay? This hmm. is a hot take for you. It took, it's, it's taken us more than a year to get some fans back in the stands, right? Jazz had... 13,000 people there last night. Yeah. And I didn't feel their presence one time. I didn't feel like they were very up. I didn't feel like they were involved enough to help the Jazz out. Yeah, but how are you supposed to when you're down by 12 to the 8 seed? I just feel like... You're like, hey guys, we're playing great! I just feel like there were some moments where someone did something semi-decent. You had Derek Favors with a dunk. You had Bobby hitting some threes. It was pretty sweet. And I just felt like there was no real energy and heart, and I kind of felt disappointed in the the stands, in, in the crowd that was there to support that night. Maybe that's just me, but... Uh, we got any text? Yeah, we got a couple. Hit me. Uh, uh, let's go with 8798. There's no reason Donovan Mitchell should have not played Sunday night. He's been out since the second week of April for a lateral ankle sprain. He should have played. The Jazz screwed up on this one. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they dropped the ball. Yeah, they did. I, I, I well, and I think it's more the way they handled it. Now, Andy Larson uh, of the Tribune or KSL put out something really interesting mm-hmm. that that could result in a fine. Like if your injury report changes from that morning to that afternoon without any valid reason, then that could result in a fine because you're messing with your injury report the day of a game. What's the incentive? What's the reasoning behind why the Jazz did that? Object? Okay, but here's the thing is, is I think there was a miscommunication between Donovan's. Remember, as according to Tim McMahon and Brian Windhorst, yeah. Donovan Mitchell rehabbed with his own personal training team. Yeah. They said, Donovan, you look like you're good to go. Donovan went through a shoot-around yesterday, and then the Jazz training team said, nah, you're not, you're not ready. Now, the Jazz have been known, and I can I know this for a fact, yeah. the Jazz have been known to be very cautious with injuries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, maybe oh, too overly cautious, but they're cautious. 
Now, Donovan came out today, and he said he's good to go. In fact, do, do we got audio on Donovan? What do you got in the bites? Let's see here. Um, I, I guess I have, I have Donovan right here um, just talking about, like, how he's ready to go and kind of the, the timeline of what happened between communication and his injury. Do you want to play that? Yeah, one? let's hear it right now. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's just, this is Donovan on uh, what the, the Jazz need to do and how to handle it. Um. I mean, obviously, it's no secret uh, what happened. Um, I think, you know, for me, my team, I was definitely uh, frustrated and upset uh, that I wasn't able to play. Um, I'm a competitor. I felt I was ready to go. And um, fortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, that was not um, how it happened. You know, I, I was ready to go uh, when I spoke to you guys about 24 hours ago. They came to a decision that that's what it was. But the biggest thing for us is moving forward. Like, we lost game one, and we got to handle. You know, excuse my language, but we got to handle going forward. I love that. Yeah. Be okay, so here's the thing is that Memphis was talking their crap, which is great. Yep. I can tell you there's one guy that remembers everything that was said and done. Mm -hmm. And he saw the video of Brooks being headbutted or headbutting Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. And that's Donovan Mitchell. There is going to be hell to pay for the Memphis Grizzlies on game two, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Yep. And Donovan Mitchell is going to be coming revving and ready to go. Uh, next text. Give me it. What do you got? Yeah, here it is right here. The next text says, this is from 2603. Okay. Um, if the Jazz went to, if the Jazz want to be taken serious to win the championship, they need to win Game Two by thirty. Yeah, I think like, you have to make a statement. Okay, so, for so sure. here's the thing: I have not watched any sports talk show uh -huh. or listened to any talk radio show of sports. Any usually I'll get up in the morning and listen to Dan Patrick, or I might listen to Colin Coward in the afternoon on a drive, or I might you know listen to a couple of clips on. Whatever. Yeah. I didn't listen to anything today because it's all going to be the exact same thing, this slander of the Utah Jazz. From a national perspective, it's going to be, I told you so. Yeah. From a local perspective where we are jazz fanatics, you, I, and the rest of our wonderful listener group, it is, that's game one. You got to go win three more of those, Memphis. Good luck. Yeah. Go win game one, sure. Because I'll tell you this, I didn't think Memphis was going to get swept. They're too good to get swept. They're too young, too cocky, too arrogant. They were not going to be swept by the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I knew Memphis would get one. I did not think it would be the first game of the dang series. Now, with Donovan, with Donovan Mitchell back, I think it helps you a little bit. I think that gives them a, you know, it, it resets your starting lineup. We'll see what happens with Donovan. Uh, he says he's good to go. Jazz says he's good to go. They've announced that. Um, Quinn said he's good to go as well. So he will play on Wednesday night. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I think um, moving on to this next test, this next text, uh, 4781, uh, is confirming, yes, they played like garbage. Uh, I was frustrated. <laughs> Rudy needs to play better. We can't afford him to foul out. And Joe Ingles needs to punk their butts like he did with George Paul a few years back. Good edit. Thanks. Uh, yeah. And so here's the other, is like Joe Ingles is going to get in their grill. Joe Ingles was talking yesterday. Yep. Mike Conley was talking, dude. Yeah. Mike Conley, who's never gotten a technical in his NBA career, nearly got one yesterday because uh, the refs were calling the text just all over the place on the Jazz. Yep. But uh, 
Joe Ingles is going to get there. He's going to get in the flow. He's going to get in rhythm. They're going to come out. And they're gonna, they say, hey, look, you want to have a street fight with us? That's fine. We'll do it that way. You want to go one-on-one and, and have a brutal drag-out knockout fight? Let's do it. I promise you the Jazz will be ready to go game two. I promise you. Because they were lackadaisical in game one. Offensively, defensively, they were horrendous. Um, what? Valentunas had 15-12. Kyle Anderson had a 14. Kyle was doing whatever he wanted. Kyle Anderson was really good last night. D- Dylan Brooks got whatever, whenever he wanted. Yep. Dylan Brooks, if you wanted a perimeter jumper, it was good. If you wanted to get to the lane, it was it was there. Yep. Just Memphis Grizzly basketball being played in a confident way. And Jazz were just, I mean, out of their comfort zone. They didn't want they didn't go in there thinking, oh, it's gonna be a, a street fight. They thought it was gonna be a ballet. Yep. That's a good that's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh three four two six. Uh when the only one who shows up for forty minutes is Derek Favors, I thought we would have lost by fifty. <laughs> and the next guy to show up, Donovan Mitchell, is dressed in street clothes and on the bench. He's the only one to even have fire in his belly and he and get mad and even get close to the referee. I see, I see, and here's the other thing is I think Donovan mm-hmm. no no excuse me, I think Mike Conley also was pretty angry. Yeah. I think Mike Conley had a little bit of there was you know, some frustration you know, on yeah, his part. A little yeah. bit of vinegar in him. You want to get going. I want to see Quinn Snyder show some emotion. In fact, I think it was after one break, Quinn Snyder looked at Joe and said, Are you gonna or, no, he said, Are you gonna effing do it? Yeah. He asked him something, he said, Are you going to effing do it? And then Joe, I don't know what he, I don't know what he, Joe said back. Joe looked at him. I don't know what he said to him though. Yeah. I want to see Quinn Snyder when Dylan Brooks goes into their bench and says something. I want to see Quinn Snyder go after the ref. I want to see Quinn Snyder have some anger in him. Show me something. It's game one of the playoffs, man. Yeah. This isn't a dog day game in February. You're the one seed. Act like it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, nine nine four eight texted into the show. Wow, uh, let's see, quite a game from the possible six man. Uh, six men. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was awful. Pass the ball. I'm with you. Jordan Clarkson was not good. In fact, it's the first game in was it ninety four games he hadn't hit a three. I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to hear Jordan Clarkson's line, cover your ears. Five of sixteen from the field, all of eight from deep. He was perfect at the line four four. Uh, in 30 minutes of basketball, he had four turnovers, 14 points, three boards, and he was a minus one. Mike Conley was the only guy, well, actually, no, he's one of two guys in the plus column for the starters, him and Rudy Gobert, plus 11, plus nine, respectively. Mike Conley had 22 and 11, man. Yeah. Gobert had 11 points, 15 boards. Fouls out. Again, I, they were good calls, but it's not calls you would make in the playoffs mm-hmm. based on how the game was being refed. Yeah. Uh, they went to a four-man bench. Niang, Favors, Clarkson, Oni. All right, what else? Five seven six three. Uh, easier said than done, but take better care of the ball and hit a few more shots, and the result is a W with a comfortable margin. You no, know, five seven six three is right. Yeah. Is it easier said than done? No, it's done. It's you are the number one team in the league. You should not be having how many turnovers did they have total? A lot. Uh. Let's see, 14 turnovers. 14 turnovers. And and some of those were atrocious. Like I said, bouncing the ball off your knee, dribbling off your foot, throwing it to the mascot. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, dude, on one play, he, I think it was Clarkson threw a cross-court bounce pass to Jean Morant. Like, Jacques caught the ball and was like, uh, all right, thanks. Okay, let's go. Other way. I, you just can't have that crap happen. No. You, it is easy not to turn over the ball. Just play better offense. Play execution offense. I know we got to go to break here. Uh, give me another text. What do we got? Uh, this is from Leon. Leon, what's up? Uh, how can AJ punk Eric where he is not on the show today for when he returns? Good question. We're going to get that together. Oh, We're going to yeah. put something together. 100%. You and I. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, next. Uh, one more. Actually, two more. Three, four, two, six. When you get more turnovers than buckets, you might have a problem. Hashtag Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And you see, the, the turnovers is a problem. It's been a problem all season long, though. This isn't nothing new, but I didn't expect them to have 14 turnovers. Look, Memphis played like they had five days off. The Jazz have played like they just got done on a, you know, 46 and a half hours ago in a brutal game. The, the Memphis Grizzlies have been playing for their playoffs lives three games in a row, now make it four, as they were in game one last yeah. night. Yep. And, and it just seemed like it was the opposite last night. Yeah. Jazz looked exhausted. Memphis looked like they were in groove, in rhythm. And, and people are saying rust. Look, it takes 12 minutes of basketball to get out of the rust. 12 minutes and you're out of rust. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be that hard. You shouldn't be that much in rust. You shouldn't be, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's do this last one and then quickly go to break here. Okay. Uh, 9948. Game one is a prime example of why the Utah Jazz will never get national respect. Well, yeah. I mean, they're going to get slander for the next three days. You know what? They should. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely should. You can't play that badly and, and, and expect to not hear it from the rest of the country the rest of the way. I think you're right. Just, just no way. The Jazz are going to get clowned for the next three days, and they're going to deserve every single bit of it. Every bit. Oh, no way. Legend in the house. What yes! a legend. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what a legend. Let's go to break. Let's do it. We got to get him on. Ryan Odom, the head basketball coach for your Utah State Aggies, invites you to learn the Aggie way at this year's youth basketball camps June 14th through the 17th. Registration is now open at aggiesmensbasketballcamps.com. At Ryan Odom Day Camp, develop skills that will help you take your game to the next level. For the kids, it'll be a great week of fun, basketball, and making new friends. Join Ryan Odom at this year's youth basketball camps June 14th through the 17th. Go to aggiesmensbasketballcamps.com and go Aggies. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at Castellite.com. Well, what shall we talk about? You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. I don't like this at all for... 
Browns. Like if I'm the Browns, I want the Texans first game this season. If I'm the Browns, I want the Broncos. I want the Giants. Like to me, that's what I I want a game that I'm just better than the other team and maybe get a road win out of it and get in, get out, and start out one and up. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from one to four on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press, 4.53 your time. We're going to wrap up the first hour. We're going to talk jazz basketball, second hour. Don't worry, we're going to talk also other NBA games. Clippers. The Clippers take two games to Houston and Oklahoma City so that they can avoid the Lakers. And so what? And so Karma just smacks them right in the mouth, and the Mavericks come over there and dominate them. 113-103. Like, Luka Doncic has a day. And, and by the way, he was toasting everybody. Iso with Paul George, money. Uh, takes Kawhi the claw Leonard to the rim, n- no big deal. Patrick Beverly had nothing. That was one of the most unreal, like, just, you tank to Houston and Oklahoma City so you can avoid the Lakers, only to get beat by Dallas. And by the way, Dallas has scoring. I mean, whether it's Chris Stapps, if he can stay healthy, or Luka, they got scoring. Uh, we're going to talk uh, Nuggets. By the way, speaking of offenses that can't score, yep. Nuggets are in deep crap. Yep. I mean, they are in deep crap. Because <laughs> they have no offense without Jamal Murray. And Damian Lillard's having a field day with those backup point guards. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's just a playground to him on the monkey bars. John Russell is joining us here on the Full Court Press. He'll be with us for the full entire hour. Again, Dan Clayton in the second hour um, coming up from ESPN.com, Salt City Hoops. Uh, We're going to talk jazz basketball with him. uh, And we're going to get into a lot of other NBA stuff. John, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Great to be here. I'm just here to collect my... uh... My prize that you've never paid me back I on and you get back. another one. I swear I paid you back. He just needs more time, all right? He just needs I more mean, time. I need more time to Please. grieve over the loss. <laughs> you waiting for a 10-week ten, ten, uh, <laughs> losing streak with me as well. <laughs> Got to make that George Ying highlight video. Uh, a couple of texts that came in, and we're going to get to all these texts. Keep them coming. 435-339-0321. John Russell, uh, who does post-game on KVNU with the Utah State Basketball uh, here uh, on our sister station joins us today. So we're, we're talking jazz basketball, NBA basketball with him all hour long. Coming up again, Dan Clayton at 505 as well. Uh, we'll get to one text here and then we'll uh, get to the others the rest of the way in the next hour. Not only were the jazz cold all game, the arena must have been just as cold because Donovan never took off that ugly coat. <laughs> My wife made a reference about that coat too. Did she think it was ugly? She thought it was really ugly. I didn't even care. I, was like, I didn't know who what was uglier, the Jazz game or the coat. <laughs> hey, when you're Donovan, you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, are there some people just in high school that could wear a garbage bag, man? Like, and they pull it off. Like, you were one of those guys. I was you? not. I did not have that gift, unfortunately. Uh, six eight nine one. Do you think the Jazz lose the next one or two games? Will lose the series? I think yes. No, Jazz aren't losing. No, I don't think so. There's no way. No, you just there were there were things you saw in that game last night, which, you know, you, how important Donovan is. Yeah, and Rudy fouling out. I mean, that was huge. How long we got left? 
Uh, we're probably looking at about uh, 20 seconds. Okay, so coming up next hour, we're going to have Dan Clayton, Salt City Hoops. We'll talk NBA. We'll get to the rest of the NBA playoffs, too. We'll break down the games tonight. We'll get you ready for Jazz Basketball Wednesday night, game two. Uh, and we'll get into uh, pick six results. Do you have those? Yes, I do. We'll get I'm into excited. those as well. Very excited. we got five seconds. Coming up on the full court press, hour number two. Maybe a little extra time. <laughs> Clearly. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. There aren't a lot of, you remember where you were when it happened, moments in sports? If you're a golf fan, and maybe if you aren't, Sunday was one of them. At age 50, Phil Mickelson became the oldest golfer ever to win a major. He came into Sunday at the PGA Championship up by a stroke over Brooks Kepka. On a very, very difficult course at Kiowa Island, it would have been hard to feel confident with any front runner. So if you didn't see this coming, you're not alone. Mickelson didn't have a single top 20 finish this year. Not only did Phil make golf history, he reminded us of why sports is so special. So many golf fans are invested in Mickelson. You could see it in the reaction of the crowd as he played the final few holes. To see him keep his calm among the mass of people on 18 was incredible. Something you can never script. And something we'll probably never forget. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 20 years ago, Odyssey changed the putting game when they introduced the White Hot Insert. Now the most iconic, most played, most sought-after putting insert of all time is back in the new White Hot OG. White Hot OG has the same mythical combination of sound and feel and performance as the original, but with modern upgrades that are available in classic head shapes like the 2-Ball, the Rossi, and the number 7. White Hot OG, legendary then, iconic now. See the new lineup at odysseygolf.com. Golfer Ricky Fowler, baseball legend Steve Garvey, former quarterback Carson Palmer, all talking about the relief they're getting from Level Select CBD sports creams and roll-ons. They use Level Select CBD because it works, and now you can too. As our newest sponsor, Level Select CBD is offering our listeners a great deal, 30% off your order. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DAN30, 30% off, LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DAN30, not they say diamonds are a girl's best friend, particularly when she's thinking of marriage. When it comes to this important decision, visit S. Needham Jewelers in historic downtown Logan. We have been the part of thousands of happy engagements. You'll enjoy our vast selection of beautiful and unique engagement rings. You'll also enjoy our relaxed and elegant environment. You'll not be hurried and you'll feel no pressure as you have fun looking for the perfect ring. Where Utah gets engaged, S. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. Who has more pressure to win in the playoffs, Eric? Brad Stevens or Quinn Snyder? I would agree that it would be highly disappointing because of the expectation that the number one team in the NBA should at least get to the NBA Finals, at least to the conference finals. Mike Budenholzer is a great regular season coach. He is not a good playoff coach. And Quinn Snyder is rolling up that ladder, that very same ladder. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 13. 1890 AM, The Fan, the home for Sports Talk Radio, KLGN Logan, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We are Fox Sports, and here's...
here's what you need to know. It's time for night three of the NBA postseason, and tonight there are two games on the schedule. The action gets started this hour as the Milwaukee Bucks host the Miami Heat. The Bucks hook game one on Saturday in this best-of-seven series. The ball goes up at 7.30 Eastern time. Then at 10 o'clock Eastern, it'll be game two in the Rockies. As Denver hosts Portland, the Blazers took game one Saturday. They look to complete the road sweep. Tonight, Donovan Mitchell practiced today in Salt Lake City with the Jazz. He'll be in the lineup Wednesday for Game 2 as Utah hosts Memphis. Reportedly, Mitchell incensed at the decision to keep him out of the lineup Sunday, especially as he was not listed on the pregame injury report. He's been out since mid-April with an ankle sprain. On the Diamonds right now, they're in the bottom of the first. Philadelphia and Milwaukee area in Miami remain scoreless. Four more games get underway this hour, including the top team in baseball, the Padres, opening a series in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Ralph Irvin. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hour number two of the Full Court Press. That is Cody Olton around the board. Thank you so much for doing so. I'm Ajay Salveson alongside guest host for today. Grateful to have you along too, John Russell in the house. Appreciate you, John. Good to be here. Uh, does the uh, post game for uh, KVNU on our sister station for Utah State men's basketball? We'll have to get into some Aggie basketball if you have to get your thoughts on a couple of things. And don't forget Green Canyon football. Oh, that's right. I helped Mr. the legend, Mr. Hislop. You know, I've called, I've called him a legend a couple of times, and he's like, I don't see me in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, are you being bitter? <laughs> or are you just pointing out the fact that you're not a Hall of Famer? You realize we're like three months away from from high school football? We're 14 weeks away from our first college football game. That's insane. That's nuts. But I'm ready for it. I'm stuck. Are you really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the uh, Jazz will watch a little football with a little <laughs> toughness. <laughs> Jazz lose last night, uh, and it wasn't pretty by any means. 112-109 is your final score. Jazz were uh, outscored in every quarter. Well, actually, they were outscored in the second and third quarters. First and fourth, they were... Uh, they won the scoring battle 24-17, 35-29, but they, they were just bad overall. Royce O'Neal was 1-6 for three points. Probably. Bogey scored 20 of his 29 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Rudy Gobert fouled out. He had 11 points, 15 boards. Mike Conley, 12 points, 11 assists. And Joe Ingles had 11 points. Uh, Clarkson, 14, favors 12. Um, I mean, it was just it, – it was, it was ugly basketball. But it's exactly what Memphis wanted. Yeah, yeah. They played their game. The most important thing, Jazz spent a lot of time getting that number one seed. Yeah. And then forgot you still have to come out and play. (laughs) But, you know, the other thing, they were down by, what, 15 in the third quarter. Yeah. They still had a chance to win that ball game. They still had a chance. And that's that's what I think you have to hold on to. If you want to text into the show, 435-339-0321 on a Gill Mortgage text line. Again, 435-339-0321. All right, uh, let's uh, step away from us, and let's hear from the experts who actually do a great job of covering Utah Jazz basketball, and that is Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops, who joins us here on the Full Court Press. Dan, thanks for your time. How are you? Ajay, how's it going? A fun weekend of uh, playoff basketball behind us. Eight games in the books. 
It's crazy. Eight games in that span of time, and we're already uh, through all the game ones. John Russell, I'm Ozzy Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Dan Clayton out joining us. Dan, let me ask you this. Um, it turned into a street fight last night. Jazz looked uncomfortable with it. Why? Well, uh, you know, the the way Memphis guards the, the ball handlers in pick-and-roll actions, it makes it a little tough for some of the Jazz ball handlers to get to their to get to their sweet spots and, and to really generate what they try to generate for the Jazz offense in those situations. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a guy who can generally counter that kind of pressure with the ball in his hands, but he wasn't available last night, which obviously has been the source of some intrigue this weekend. Um, Jordan Clarkson sometimes can break that type of defense down with the ball in his hands, but he didn't have a very good game. And then, you know, Mike Conley and Joe Ingles just, you know, they, they were able to score some, but they just weren't able to really get the same juice out of the offense that Utah likes to get. And, and notably, I think what happened is that, um, you know, when you take away the efficacy of the Jazz pick and roll in the middle of the floor, you really keep them from involving the bigs. So Rudy Gobert, you know, ended his night, first of all, in foul trouble, but more importantly, he took just four shots uh, in the game yesterday. And, and again, I think that's partially a function of how Memphis was playing them. And the Jazz will have now ample chances to respond to that and to try to adjust as we head into game two on um, on Wednesday. And then what may or may not be a, a long series after that, after Memphis's upset win in game one. Yeah, it was uh, quite an interesting first game. And, and a lot of folks talked about rust, you know. Uh, did the Jazz have rust? Were they not able to come out and perform? Were you surprised with the way they came out? Um, not necessarily. I, I think, you know, I, I thought the effort level was fine even early on in that game. I think if there were signs of rust, it was in some of the passing turnovers that they committed. Um, I think they had like a dozen turnovers in the first half, which is just far too many and ended with, if I remember right, like 20. 21 for the game um you know that just can't happen in a playoff game where possessions mean so much more because playoff basketball tends to be more possession driven and and slow paced and defensive so you can't just gift the other team you know all those extra possessions in in playoff basketball um especially when you're having a hard time scoring but you know outside of that one issue with the turnovers i i thought i thought the effort level was there again you know uh, Jordan Clarkson had a rough shooting night. Um, George Nyang had a rough shooting night. Mike Conley scored a bunch, but but didn't make a lot of threes. I think it was three for 11 from downtown. So, you know, maybe that's another area where not playing for a week kind of hurt the Jazz. But honestly, I think the Jazz welcomed that week off. You know, they're an older team, uh, and, and on top of just the age, you know, a lot of their guys have been carrying heavy loads with all the injuries they've had. Mike Conley had just gotten back from an injury while he and Donovan Mitchell were both out. Guys like Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich, who are both in their 30s, were carrying a larger load. So, you know, I think the Jazz welcomed that week off, and, and I think it would be a little disingenuous of them to turn around and complain about it just because the game didn't go their way. And by the way, I, you know, I don't think we're hearing that. I think that they know that while the effort level was where it needed to be, the execution wasn't, and that's really why they lost game one. And I, I think that they'll to address that and and you know maybe get Donovan back for game two and and go try again against a, a Grizzlies team that is a good team but also a team that the Jazz should be able to comfortably beat in this series. And I want to follow up on that great point. I I don't I'm not overly concerned about the Jazz coming back. I think they they're too good of a basketball team. They have too many 
too many key players there that, that can overcome things. But I love your point about being an older team. How does this bode for the Jazz as they move on throughout the N- the NBA tournament? Uh, being an older team, do you see that being an issue for them? You know, usually teams that have more, um, let's let's say experience, <laughs> as, <laughs> as a euphemism, and said, you know, experience tends to be historically speaking a pretty strong requisite for playoff success in the NBA. Um, you know, there are obviously some exceptions to that. Even you know, Donovan Mitchell in his first in his first season as a rookie was able to lead the Jazz to a, a round one win. But usually when you see teams making deep playoff runs, they're teams that have guys that, that you know, I like to say, and it's a little bit cliche, but I, I still believe it's true. Like, you kind of have to l- learn to lose in the playoffs before you can learn to win in the playoffs, if that makes any sense. Yep. And, and so I think that that experience will serve the Jazz well. Now, the other side of that coin, and, and this is what maybe you're going to, is you know, the, the Jazz have an opportunity. They have a real advantage in that they're the one Western Conference team that went into this first-round series just heavily, heavily favored. And if they don't make quick work of the Grizzlies, they're, gonna, they're not going to get the most out of that benefit, right? You have, you know, Clippers-Mavs locked in a, um, in a tight battle, like – that one's about as close to a 50-50 series as you're going to get, especially now that the Mavs won game one on the road. And, and the Jazz will face the winner of that series if they get out of the first round. Then you have, you know, Suns and Lakers, two really good teams, two teams that consider themselves contenders. You have Nuggets and Blazers. That's going to be a, a close, hard-fought series. So the Jazz have a real opportunity to take care of business quickly and rest up and, and be ready for later rounds. And so that's more my concern. Like you, I don't, I'm not necessarily freaking out that the Jazz are, are, you know, flawed or that Memphis has exposed anything. I, I think that they'll be okay. But if they don't make this a five or six game series and, and if they have to really go the distance, then that, you know, that's going to take a toll that will, that will erase one of the nice advantages they have. They, you know, going into this, going into this weekend, there were three teams in the entire NBA playoffs that, that were favored, that had, series win odds of 90% or greater. And that was the, uh, the Sixers and the Nets in the East and the Jazz in the West. So the Jazz are the only team that on paper have kind of a waltz in the park series. And now it behooves them to, you know, make, make the series unfold that way so that they get the advantage of, of rest and, um, you know, an opportunity to advance and take care of business later on in the playoffs. Dan, in the first hour, I talked about, Maybe letting Ja Morant shoot from the perimeter. Make him shoot from the outside. Don't let him get to the rim, into the restriction area, and lift up a floater. I don't know how many shots came inside the paint or how many were floaters or not, but how do you guard Ja Morant so he's not dominating inside the paint like he was last night? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what the scouting report says on Ja because he is not an outside shooter, but he's he's really successful when he gets downhill. And it's not just him either, Ajay, the the entire Memphis team took a higher percentage of their shots in that short mid-range area, so like 4 to 14 feet from the rim, than literally any other NBA team. And, and by a pretty wide distance, almost a third of their shots come in that, you know, call it the, the floater range or, or paint non-restricted, whatever you're calling it, kind of that in-between where you're not taking pull-up long twos, but you're also not getting all the way to the rim. 
Memphis takes a ton of those shots. And coming into this series, by the way, you know, I looked at that and I thought, oh, that bodes well for the Jazz because that's a, that's a part of the floor that Rudy Gobert really negates for other teams. So I was looking at that and saying, ooh, the, the Grizzlies have a math problem in that they really rely in this one part of the court that Rudy Gobert is able to just lock down and not allow. But what happened yesterday, I think, is that Jazz, uh, jazz perimeter defenders just need to take a little bit more pride in staying in front of the ball and staying connected on the perimeter because Rudy is elite at locking down the, the paint, you know, within the scheme. But if you get beat off the dribble, if you get beat without a screen, now your whole defense is out of scheme. Now, now everybody's improvising and Rudy Gobert has got to figure it out as opposed to like, you know, look, if, if John Morant comes around a pick, Rudy Gobert knows what his job is supposed to be in that situation. But if, if, you know, Jordan Clarkson or Royce O'Neal or even Mike Conley is, is, you know, positioned in front of John Morant on the perimeter and John just runs right around him without a screen, without, you know, that's, that's, that's more problematic. And that's what I saw more than anything else is Rudy and even Derek Favors, who, by the way, had a heck of a game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Favors had maybe his most, uh, that was maybe the most mobile I've seen him all year, just in terms of being spry and, and, you know, really playing with energy, but, but both Gobert and favors need to be able to guard within the team structure. And that can't happen if, if guys are just getting beat on the perimeter. So there just needs to be a little bit more of a commitment to staying in front or, or at least to, you know, sticking in what the jazz are trying to do in terms of their funneling approach and, and the way they want to play defense collectively. Hey, I'm glad you, you recognize favors who, who really did have had a really good game. Uh, but let's face it, let's be honest, there are a lot of Jazz fans that are out there saying, well, Donovan, Donovan will be back on Wednesday, everything's fine. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Again, I'm not pulling the panic button, but who do you think really needs to step up and, and up their game uh, as the series moves forward? You know, I, I think it's interesting because, like, we all know the three of us know anyone who watches the jazz knows that Jordan Clarkson is really important to, to how the jazz play, especially when they go to some of those hybrid, you know, bench starter units that are a little bit more starved for offense. The Jordan's ability to just go get a bucket is something that is in kind of short supply on this team. Like the team has a lot of ball handlers, but most of them are pick and roll ball handlers, not just guys who can kind of go out and manufacture something out of thin air. And that's really important, and it, it has been a, a big part of the Jazz's success on their way to a 52-20 and 20 record, and it's part of the reason why Jordan is either going to finish first or second in sixth man of the year voting. I do think, though, that the Jazz kind of have a decision to make in terms of how they want their offensive hierarchy to look, because Jordan Clarkson, when the season started, he was red hot, and the Jazz basically used him as a third option, right? At any given point in time, their second option was the Conley Gobert pick and roll, and their first option was Donovan Mitchell doing something, either either creating via pick and roll or creating with the ball in his hands. And the third option was Jordan Clarkson, and that was fine when he started the first when he started the season shooting fifty forty ninety for the first month of the season, right? Fifty from the field, forty from three, and ninety from the free throw line. Like the kid was ridiculously efficient to start the season. And so it made sense that he was using the third most possessions out of any creation option on the Jazz. 
Well, now, since then, for the last three months now, he's basically actually almost four months now, he's been playing pretty inefficiently, and yet the Jazz haven't kind of restructured or reallocated the way possessions get used. Even though they have Joe Ingles, who's also a really good pick-and-roll creator, they have Boyan Bogdanovich, who's come alive over the last month. They have all these other ways that they can create efficient offense. And so I think if if Jordan is going to continue to go out and, you know, yesterday he he scored 14 points, but on 16 attempts from the field, um, he had four turnovers. He had two free throw trips. So you're talking about a guy who, who used 22 possessions and gave the Jazz 14 points in those 22 possessions. Wow. That just, that's just not good enough. And that either means that Jordan Clarkson needs to really address this efficiency funk he's been in for, for three months now, or it means the Jazz need to decide that there are other more efficient options and, and ways that they can, you know, prioritize what they do within their rotation at different points throughout the game. I was watching your uh, Twitter thread about Rudy Gobert's six fouls. I loved how you broke them down. There's some fans on our uh, on our station that are upset with the way he was refed. And even Rudy said yesterday, it's hard to play when I don't know how they're calling it. Do you agree with that assessment, or do you feel like it was – you know, it was it was right there, clear as day, uh, how the game was being refed, and Rudy just got himself in trouble. Well, let me zoom out first. I, I think, I think, look, anyone who watched that game and came away feeling like the refs are the reason the Jazz lost was watching a different game than I was <laughs> because the the Grizzlies just get like we got to give the Grizzlies credit. They played a hard game. They had a good game plan. They. The Jazz did not respond well in the second and third quarters when the Grizzlies ratcheted up the intensity. Eventually, they did respond, and they did kick that in, and they, they had a chance to win the, the ball game late. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I can't look at that game and go, oh, man, the officiating was, was the Jazz's Achilles heel. I do think, look, it's, playoff basketball is always a little bit more arbitrary to officiate that's especially true when you've got two defensive-minded teams, and, and both Utah and Memphis are like in the top quarter of the league for defensive efficiency. And that means you're going to have some grinded-out battles. You're going to have some, some Greco-Roman wrestling matches in the paint. And I, and I think that was true last night. Uh, having said that, you know, when, once I went back and looked at the fouls, I don't, I don't believe Rudy did get a raw deal. I think that there were one or two where either Jonas Valanciunas tricked the refs into something or where the refs thought they saw, saw something they didn't. But mostly I think what we saw was Jonas was able to figure out the way they were calling the game. Jonas figured out that, hey, they're going to call this kind of contact and not this kind of contact. So, you know, he was putting his hands on Rudy and, and baiting Rudy into responding. And then Rudy was getting called for the retaliation on a lot of those situations and that's just that's part of what you have to figure out in a playoff game. So I, I don't disagree with Rudy, but I, I don't necessarily think that it's something where he was the victim of just, you know, ill-advised officiating. I think what happened is he just, he just has to figure out how to read that better. Like most of his fouls I, and, and the thread you're talking about, Ajay, I actually went and like freeze-framed the moment where like yeah. Rudy Gobert has two hands in the back of Jonas Valanciunas on a, on a rebounding battle or freeze frames a moment where Rudy has his hand in the chest of Kyle Anderson on a, on a putback attempt. Like most of those fouls, I could point to the moment where I'm like, that's what Rudy 
like Rudy gave the official the excuse to make that call, whether it was consistent with another moment in the game or not. Like if you put two hands in the back of a, of another rebounder, you've just given the ref permission to make that call. So Rudy just needs to, to sort that out. I have no doubt that he will. He's, a, he's an amazing player. He, he impacts the game more than all but a handful of NBA players. But yeah, I, I think it, it more just came down to Jonas was able to suss out what they were calling and what they weren't, and, Ro- and Rudy never did. Dan Klain of Salt City Hoops joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Dan, the Donovan situation was really strange. Uh, Sunday morning, he said he was good to go. Sunday afternoon, they ruled him out. Monday today, they said he's available officially for Game 2. When you look at the situation, two questions. One, can the Jazz get fined for the misreport on their injury report the day of a game? And two, how much damage can it really, because we hear from the national perspective, but they don't know crap. They have no idea what they're talking about. But like when I, I mean, I'll follow you, uh, Tony Jones, Sarah Todd, Andy Larson. Like, how much damage can it actually do for a team, especially in the middle of a playoff? Well, yeah. I, so here's the thing that I don't think most fans realize when when they hear the reporting and the confusion on this kind of situation, and that's just the sheer number of people involved in a decision like this, right? So Donovan has his own trainers and and his private medical staff. There are the team doctors, then there's the coaching staff, then there's front office people. And in, and in the middle of all that, let's not forget that like there's the player himself. And I think that's the thing that, that often we forget, to, we forget to factor in, that this is a human decision about someone's own personal health care, and it's their body, and it's their process that they're managing. So, you know, that's a lot of stuff that goes on. Now, all of those people I just mentioned, there's not anybody I just mentioned who, who didn't want Donovan to play yesterday. Everyone I just mentioned wants Donovan to also be at the top of his game and at the best he can be in two months when hopefully the Jazz are in the conference finals or the finals. And everybody I just mentioned also wants Donovan to be healthy in the long term and have a long, productive, healthy career. So everybody wants the same things. I think what happens is that different people get different ideas about how much risk there is between those three, you know, the short term, the medium term and the long term outcomes. And they just sort of prioritize differently. And and obviously, you know, Donovan has made it clear in his public comments today that he wanted to go yesterday. He thought he was ready. He wanted to play. And, you know, someone in, in all of those stakeholders I just mentioned felt like it would be better for the Jazz to make sure that they're not doing anything that would jeopardize Donovan's health if they are to make a, a conference finals or a finals later or Donovan's health in the long term. And like, and, and my whole point is like, we should just, we should get that and we should get that it's a complex process. And yes, of course it can be damaging if, if Donovan feels like other people have different priorities than him. But I think at the end of the day, everybody's priorities are the same. Like everybody wants the jazz to win this playoff series they want them to win the next playoff series. They want them to keep winning playoff series, and they want Donovan Mitchell to be healthy in the long term. Um, I, I, I think it was it, it is a big deal today. Like I think that it's I think Donovan was visibly bothered. He tweeted some stuff yesterday. Even today, he's been tweeting some stuff about how you know he he definitely wanted to play. He wanted to be on the court. But I think it's the kind of thing that people will forget really quickly if he comes back and the Jazz get their stuff right and they make quick work of the Memphis Grizzlies in advance. So, you know, 
winning winning cures a lot of stuff is i guess my short answer <laughs> yes it does hey i'd love to keep talking jazz with you but i gotta i gotta get your thoughts on the nba as a whole uh only eight games in the book great eight games though were was there anything that stood out to you or is it just way too early uh after just one game in each series to really um, make any deep analysis yeah, I mean, I try to not overreact too much to one game of sample size in, in any context, but I, I think that, you know, there are a few things that, that maybe when we combine them with the body of work we saw over 72 games from these teams, that, that maybe yesterday and Saturday just kind of com- confirmed some things for us. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what series you want to talk about. I, I, was, I was really curious about Suns Lakers because, again, I, I do believe those are two teams that, when they're at their best, they are they are contenders with a capital C. Um, I think Phoenix showed everybody why they're for real, and I think the Lakers showed everybody that they're not at a hundred percent yet. And so that's I think something to keep an eye on is is just um, you know look as soon as LeBron James and Anthony Davis are back to even ninety percent of their usual selves, that team is going to be good enough to give anybody a really rough series. But right now they just they they are struggling. Those guys can't just create something out of nothing like they normally can. Um, you know, let's not forget Chris Paul hurt himself midway mm-hmm. through that that game one in Phoenix to the point where like he couldn't he couldn't dribble the ball. Like Chris Paul, who is maybe the best ball handler of of our era in in terms of you know NBA guys with the ball in their hands and and you know the that point god mold of of point guard. He couldn't dribble the ball, and the Lakers were still never even close to winning that game. Like, it was a double-digit lead coming down the stretch. I think the final margin was nine, but, like, it's, you know, the Lakers have some stuff they definitely need to figure out. Some of that is going to be lineup-oriented because, you know, I I don't like the fact that they're still using Andre Drummond and not using Marc Gasol at all. Um, I think most of their best lineups involve either Anthony Davis at center or Marc Gasol playing, playing some of those minutes that Andre Drummond plays now. You know, so they'll look at lineups too, but but ultimately, I think what that game reminded me is that um, is the guys need to be guys need to be at ninety, ninety five, one hundred percent before we really can trust what we see out of forty eight minutes of basketball. But I don't know if there's a particular series you wanted to to you know talk to or, no, or banter about. Yeah, just your thoughts. But I have, I have a deeper question for you. I'd like your thoughts on on time management and and whether at this point it's still such an important uh, factor for teams. You know, we saw Kawhi sitting out as he always has. How important is that, or do you think with the shorter season it makes a difference this year? Um, I think it always makes a difference. I think, yeah, I, I think that we are we have much more information now than we did in like the John Stockton and Carl Malone days about just the the benefit of not just not just the wear and tear that you know constantly playing 40 minutes a game has but the value of of recuperation time for your body right especially in an NBA where a lot of these stars that we're talking about you know Kawhi's still in his 20s but LeBron is 36 and you know Chris Paul I I just mentioned he got he got hurt he's in his thirties. So, you know, I think guys at that age, and I, I'm saying this in the first person, cause you know, I'm up there too. You know, you, you, your body just needs a day to recover after you go out and, 
and go through the the grueling grind of an NBA basketball game for 48 minutes or, or for whatever length of time. So I do think that that's going to continue to be part of the basketball conversation is just how teams and players manage that process to make sure that at the end of, you know, a 72 or 82 game season and then a, a two to three month long playoff grind that you have enough guys still standing to, to beat the other team. And, and, you know, I, I, I do think it's real. I, I think I even back in the days when I used to spend a lot of time in, in the locker room with, with the jazz guys and with visiting opponents, I used to ask guys how real it was. And I'll never forget something that a jazz player said to me that I just hadn't, like I was young enough and dumb enough that I hadn't really processed this yet, but he was like, you know, it's not even necessarily the physical part. It's just the fact that like, you got to mentally prepare for your opponent. You got to read the scouting report. You got to, you got to train your brain. Like, how am I going to react when this guy goes right versus when he goes left? How am I, how as a team are we going to respond when they set this pick going this direction versus, you know, this back screen over here? Like you got to prepare for all of that mentally and then, you know, the next night or two nights later, you got to prepare for a whole other opponent with a whole different set of tendencies. So even I think just the mental process of, of a back-to-back or, or games in quick succession do, is taxing on guys in a different way. And then, yeah, you know, physically too, like I say, I, guys, just need, guys just need a day or two to bounce back, I think, and be ready to impact the game at a high level. Dan, final question from me. Who's in more trouble? Nuggets without Jamal Murray versus a Portland lineup who is just cooking right now, especially in the backcourt, or the Clippers who tanked the final two games to the two worst teams in the league and then still got it handed to by Luka Doncic? I mean, if the question is who's in more trouble, I think it's Denver. I think I think Denver knows that without Jamal Murray, they're a little bit more solvable in a playoff series kind of setting. Um, but, but, like, look, the Clippers have a lot of pressure on them going into game two, right? Um, the, the store, the book on them is that they have wilted in the playoffs for, you know, ever, basically they've still never made it to the conference finals. Like, um, so, you know, they have a lot of doubt that is going to be, that that noise is just going to get louder and louder if, if Dallas keeps them on the ropes. Um, I still think that I would, I still think that I would peg them as like a coin toss or better to win that series. Whereas I think Denver you know, Denver at some point is just going to have to reckon with the fact that let's not forget they're not just without Jamal Murray; they're without four guards right now. They're without Will Barton, um, Monte Morris, and someone else who I'm forgetting. Oh, PJ Dozier has has been in and out of the lineup as well. So, like at some point, they just have to reckon with the fact that, like, you, you know, scheming for Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray is really hard. Scheming for Nikola Jokic and just a bunch of guys like Austin Rivers and Faku Campazo like that's a little easier. You can, you have more options available to you. If you're game planning for that. Um, and so, you know, whether it's against Portland or whether it's in the second round against the winner of, of Suns Lakers, eventually the, the nuggets are going to come face to face with that harsh reality that they just don't have all the same creation options that they normally have. The, the Clippers, the Clippers have ways to get out of this mess, but man, if they don't, it's, it's going to be a noisy, uncomfortable summer for them. Dan, you're one of the very best. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, we gotta. I mean, you're like a weekly guest. We gotta find a song. Like, what's an intro song that we would pick for Dan Clayton to come onto our show? We gotta start using it. Yeah, you're you're putting me on the spot here. I'm not good. I'm not good like Jordan Clarkson, who just like came up with that <laughs> yeah. Fears for Fears song off the top of his head. Um, 
I don't know. Most of my music stuff is like deep cut kind of stuff that no one else has heard of. So I'll, oh. I'll have to dive into my library and find something that is both appropriate and that like any other humans would recognize. Producer so. Cody, you got that? Uh, deep I got cut it. stuff, deep man. Cut. Find it. All right. I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, thank you so much. Let's do it again next week, shall we? All right. Thanks, fellas. All right. Anytime. Dan, Dan Clayton of SaltCityHoopsESPN.com joined us here on the Full Court Press. Great stuff from Dan. I, I, I loved his uh, analysis. Yeah, always, always so good, and and really kind of takes you to a whole different level. Oh yeah, stuff that you don't even think about, like the six Rudy fouls. He's like, look, I mean, he and he does like on his Twitter thread, he screenshots all six fouls of where they occurred, and he says, now would you call foul one and six? Probably not in the playoffs, but it's still a foul. They're fouls, and, They're you, and fouls. you've got to you've got to call that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll get more of your texts. Get, let, keep them coming, 435-339-0321. We'll get back to you guys' concerns, questions about the Utah Jazz. They lose game one, one twelve, one oh nine. Game two, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Game three is Saturday. Three games schedule. in like two weeks. I mean, it's just weird. Yeah. So we'll get to that. John Russell is joining me here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. It's time for our annual spring event. This is an event 51 years in the making. Stop by this Saturday and say big on kitchen packages and GE appliance deals for the whole house. We just received in a new load of scratch and dents from Whirlpool and GE, plus a freezer blowout. Enter to win a drawing for a freezer and get balloons for the kids. Listen for the live radio broadcast Saturday. That's the huge spring event at Daryl's Appliance, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Les Olson Company realizes that having cutting-edge and dependable computer hardware enables the front line of your business to get the job done. They also help you play defense with the most sophisticated IT security products available. Create an all-star work environment with the latest IT products and best support and cash value. Les Olson Company's managed IT is there for you all the way. Les Olson IT. Visit lesolson.com to learn more. Ryan Odom, the head basketball coach for your Utah State Aggies, invites you to learn the Aggie way at this year's youth basketball camps June 14th through the 17th. Registration is now open at aggiesmensbasketballcamps.com. At Ryan Odom Day Camp, develop skills that will help you take your game to the next level. For the kids, it'll be a great week of fun, basketball, and making new friends. Join Ryan Odom at this year's youth basketball camps June 14th through the 17th. Go to aggiesmensbasketballcamps.com and go Aggies. This is Larry at Larry's Pharmacies. Are you struggling with all your medicine? Did you take this morning's dose or not? We at Larry's Pharmacy have the perfect solution. Let us help you organize your meds so that you take it exactly as your doctor prescribed for the most benefit. Just punch out the meds from the organized packets at the clearly labeled time and you're done. This is a free service and a big help for those on many meds or who struggle to open and close bottles. We also offer free delivery service. Stay well. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Aaron has 17 fourth quarter wins. Oh, Colin, that's because they don't trail much. Neither does Russell Wilson, and he's got 35% more than Aaron. Joe Flacco has more than Aaron. Andy Dalton has more than Aaron. Aaron is not a foxhole guy. He sours very quickly. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. 
535, your time here on the Full Court Press on a Monday, May 24th. John Russell, Amazi Salves, and Cody Olson doing a fantastic job on the morning. But were you yawning during the interview? No. <laughs> were you bored? No. Are you bored with great analysis? Are you bored? I wasn't yawning. You were sticking like the phone cord on your nose, creating a mustache. <laughs> I mean, were you that bored, man? I was not bored. Because I mean, basketball lovers like John and I—that's that's stuff we eat up. I I I am greatly offended at we'll the try fact to that get you like, thought I was bored. We'll try to get you like Justin Bieber or something. That oh you might yeah, be yeah, a little more. Hey, if you could get me a coloring book over here too, that'd be really cool. Maybe get you someone from Les Mis or Austin. That's what you're interested in. I'm just hey. a little taken back by this aggressiveness from AJ. <laughs> no, don't no. Yeah. Dude, he's hey, thanks, John. I get <laughs> freaking he's, he's cheesed all the time on this. <laughs> I'm not even here. I do so. I even drove him to work today, and he still roasts me on the radio. Like, absolute ridiculous. By the way, oh, by the way, I have a story to tell you off air. Remind me to tell you a story. I can't tell it on air, but I got to tell you a story off okay. air. Um, I'm not telling it on air, though. Uh, John Russell here with myself. Uh, in fact, John, we got a text to you from uh, 9315. He says, can you ask John if they're ever going to get the text line back? For the post game shows for Utah State, I really loved it. Yes, we will have it back next year. Oh, that's gonna be good. We will. Boy, that's gonna be. And we huge. want people texting in, and and that's uh, you know it, it's exciting. We're we're already talking about you know what what lays in store for the Aggie basketball team next year, and you know it, there there are going to be several questions. There are going to be several you know things that have to be worked out, but you know I've coached a lot of confidence in Coach Oldham, and I I think he. He's the right guy, right fit, but we've got football before that. Oh, yeah. And we got jazz basketball. Got jazz basketball, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's just been announced in his breaking news. The sixth man of the year award is Jordan Clarkson. The one yeah. who presented him the trophy is Joe Ingles, who presented it to him, uh, which is pretty cool. They actually did it on their press conference today. Uh, how does Jordan look like he's on drugs? Dude, look at this photo. Tell me that. You gotta get better photographers. That, that's bad. That's <laughs> half the photo of him. Like, looks like J.R. Smith. So ugh, don't ins- <laughs> don't insult Clarkson like that. No, that's I'm serious. Look at his eye. Yeah, but his shirt's on. So you know that's 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 much better. Uh, that's bad. So so we get sixth man of the year. Uh, do we get coach of the year and defensive player of the year? Uh, we'll get defensive player of the year. Coach of the year is going to Tim Sermoni, and that's going to be a runaway. Yeah, you're you're right. Quinn and Quinn actually might even finish in third, but we we obviously are last on on team photographer. Oh, because that's a pathetic shot. Dude, that that's is so funny. In fact, uh, Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob on Twitter. If you want to play this audio for us, Cody, uh, Worldwide Wob on Twitter actually tweets out the video of uh, Ernie asking Joe. I think he's asking Joe to present the uh, award of Sixth Man of the Year. And again, I don't know if Jordan Clarkson's sober or not, but. He doesn't look like he's in great shape. So, um, anyways, Jordan Clarkson, your sixth man of the year. You got it? Yeah, I Go got ahead. it. Go ahead and play it. How many Utah Jazz players have won it? Zero. One. Oh, who's the one? Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, bro. That's true. <laughs> oh, yo. Congrats, no, man. That's pretty damn cool. That's pretty like, cool. That, that really is cool. Like, Joe Ingles, by the way, Joe Ingles did take second in the running. Um, I'm not sure how close the vote was, but he took second in the running. 
I love what the Jazz have been doing. I mean, you talked about it, was it last week or the week before, uh, with uh, giving the kids, the players recognizing the kids uh, and giving them tickets. What was that? Come on, Ajay, you're looking, you're, you're not helping me here. Wait, sir, I wasn't listening. You weren't even to, listening. No, I wasn't even listening. What did you say? What a punk. Oh, you, you are a punk. Quit being so I, sensitive, I dude. try to keep him in line. <laughs> you know what, I really do. <laughs> Did you throw something? He at me? did. Yeah. What, More wait, hostility. What, no, seriously. Okay. So what was did you it? Say? Was it last week with the scholarships? Where? Oh yeah, Ryan Smith. I mean, just what? What a great way to kind of connect the players yeah, to the community. They were able to, do that. to like tell the kids too, like, hey, you have just won a scholarship for a full ride. And I not mean, only have you gotten it. Yeah. I mean, and and then they, I mean, it's a FaceTime phone call with Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. And so in this video, though, what was cool for those that, that didn't see it or hear it is uh, Clarkson was presented by Ingles. Yeah, so Clarkson's kinda... like, Clarkson had no clue. Clarkson's <laughs> like, I don't know one, uh, and they're like, and they're like, do you know who? And so there's just like this awkward silence, and then Clarkson turns and looks at Joe, and there's a trophy wrapped right next to Joe Ingles, and Joe's able to to present it to him. Which again, that's Look, Joe's not about awards. Mm-mm. The only award he wants is an NBA championship. The sixth man of the year is really cool. Like, when he was given that new contract which of, of $60 million, he took, like, half of it, and he's like, dude, we're donating this to a charity. We don't need this much money. That yeah, tells he's, you he's, he's, he's a good is. guy. Let, look, let's get, though, down to the nitty-gritty. Donovan is going to be back on Wednesday. Yes. What kind of difference does that make? I, I know that's a stupid question, and people are like, "No, uh, it, duh, Donovan's back." But do you expect him to come back and score forty on Wednesday night? He's how long's he been out? Uh, five and a half weeks. Five and a half weeks. So there, there's going to take some time. He's not going to have his legs under him. It's going to take him a little bit to get back into the flow, and and I think that's the worry. And that's what I told Dan: is there are a lot of Jazz fans out there that are going, "Oh, Donovan's back. We're going to win by twenty five. We're going to win by 30. It's going to be awesome. I think it's, this team still needs to to get back together. A lot of talk about Donovan, but to me, the way that, that uh, as you called him, Josie. Uh, Josie Valentunas. Zo- and the Pussycats. Um, <laughs> the old-timers get that. you know. <laughs> but he, he played Rudy extremely well. Played. He's a very smart center. And he knows how to play, guys. If you've watched him, um, look what he did in Toronto. You know, he, he was he was a force there. Not because he's the best player on the court, but he is smart. He knows how to play. And the Jazz are going to have to understand that, that in with a lot of other teams, they're the smarter team on the court. When they play a team that's equally intelligent, have that ball sense, have that game sense, they need to come out and play. And they just didn't on, on uh, Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, and, 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 and here's the other part to it. Dylan Brooks, if I'm Memphis, I'm taping that guy's mouth shut. Yeah. Because if he says any word, to, it takes one comment to Donovan. One comment. That guy might have his legs dragging, but if it's one comment from Dylan Brooks with one look that Donovan doesn't approve of, all heck's going to break loose and, yeah. and, and Memphis is in big trouble. Donovan just needs one bit of fuel, and he already has it from game one. Watch, you know, sitting on the bench, watching his brothers get beat up the way they were physically, mentally, emotionally by Memphis. They need to keep their mouth shut and just play basketball. Because if you say the wrong thing to Don- Donovan, 
you could have a long night ahead. Is of that, that why you've been talking about his jacket that way? Just oh, yeah. Light a little fire under him? Didn't Cody say it was ugly? It's your fault, Cody. You did yeah. this. No, 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 <laughs> no. You no, did no. this, Cody. No, no. I'm throwing my wife under the bus. She said it was Ooh, ugly. <laughs> that's so man. I don't I I'd uh, rather throw Donovan under the, under the bus of my wife. I hope your coaches. So. Here here's the thing. You know what I look at this this NBA tournament uh, uh series about? Did you quit calling it tournament? I know I keep on, I know. It's I'm a college guy, man. I love college ball. Oh jeez. Here we go. But this is what I look, this is Donovan's chance, an opportunity to take himself to a whole different level. Yeah. We all know Donovan's great. He's an all-star. You know, he's he's a leader. He is the leader of this team. But I really feel if he can step up, be healthy, play at that next level, all of a sudden he becomes not just an all-star, but one of the greats in the game today. Because yeah. I think he's got it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Again, uh, Jordan Clarkson has just been announced as the Kia Sixth Man of the Year. Second place was Joe Ingles. In fact, Joe Ingles was the one that got, that got to present the trophy to Jordan, which is really, really cool. Uh, but congratulations to Jordan Clarkson, and, and no surprise either. I mean, it really is, and what he did for that bench is amazing. In fact, you think about it, Quinn Snyder's never going to get enough credit for this. He took two guys who were, I mean, who finished first and second in the six men of the year, and one of them had to come off the bench and be a starter for the last five and a half weeks and was still effective. Like, I mean, come on, man. And I know Jordan played like crap last night, and people are going to use that. But I, I guarantee you, Jordan, that's not going to linger long. And we heard this from Dan, and it, it, I got to be honest, it's something that drives me nuts. Okay. It's one game. Yeah, exactly. I'm with it's you. It's one game. I'm with and, you. and when I asked him that, you know, what did you learn over eight games? He said, nothing. What, what are you going to learn? If Phoenix comes out and blows the Lakers out again tomorrow, now you can start saying, yeah, Phoenix is a lot better than we thought they were. Uh, if the Knicks lose to Atlanta again, you can go back and go, you know what, that was all hype. That was, you know, it's New York. NBA wanted the Knicks to you I'd know, be the so. team. But if the Jazz come back, they win the next four, even if they, you know, have to take five games to win the next four, what are you going to say? Yeah. You, just, you know, it's like it took them a little bit to get their feet under them. Uh, there was a little rust they had to play out of. They didn't play with Donovan the first game. Rudy got taken out of the first game. Guarantee he's going to play better. Guarantee you the Jazz are going to shoot much better the rest of this series. I think people are overreacting at this point. Nine 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 five D Brooks is a different kind of defender and could shut down Donovan the way he shut down Curry. Curry didn't score a lot against Brooks. Um, uh, not sure about that. Yeah, I Brooks is not going to shut down Donovan Mitchell. No, if, and and I and I say that with respect to you nine nine five, um, or nine 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 five. But yeah, I Donovan's gonna get his. I I can dang well guarantee that. Well, what it does is it opens it up. Too. Yeah, I mean for that's, everybody else too is really what it th- does. That's the key, and having Donovan because John Morant there, can't play defense. I mean, no. like if if Bogey wants to go a one on one ISO, and he did last night with Jaw a couple times, he'll do it. Mike Conley's more than more than happy to do it. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, uh, we'll get to our pick six results, and we'll get to your uh, NBA thoughts from you as well. Just about some surprises. I mean, I just want Eric's prize for pick six because i know you didn't win how do you oh wow that was fact dude who invited him on the show fact i don't know let's go to break i gotta go fight him 
Did you know aluminum cans are 100% recyclable? They can be recycled over and over again. Take your aluminum cans, aluminum siding, and rain gutters to Valley Recycling. It takes 95% less energy to recycle cans than make new ones. In fact, recycling just one aluminum can saves enough energy to power a TV for three years. And when you take your aluminum to Valley Recycling, you get paid. Yes, Valley Recycling pays for aluminum, copper, brass, and other metals. Recycle and get paid for it. That's why they say when you go green, you get green at Valley Recycling. 145 North 10th West. In Logan. Western Extermination is your simple solution for lawn care and pest control. Your yard is meant to be enjoyed without bugs like ants and wasps, mosquitoes, and spiders, plus rodents that chew up your lawn and garden. Western Extermination offers fertilization to keep your lawn green and healthy and to keep weeds away. If you have a problem with voles, you can count on Western Extermination to exterminate the problem. Ask about military and advance paid discounts. Western Extermination serves residential and commercial properties. Curb to curb services. Western Extermination has you covered. 512-0014. That's 512-0014. For Western extermination. This he put on the download here is the Dan Patrick Show. I think that they should do weight division, like boxing, heavyweight, light, heavy. If you had weight divisions, and let's say those over 235 pounds are in the heavyweight division, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody, probably in the world, faster than DK Metcalf at that at that size. Dan Patrick, the Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from seven to ten on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Is that the saucy stuff uh, that you're going to tell me later, Ajay? No, I've got something else for you. Oh. No, I got something else for both of you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that too, because I got to tell you what's going on there. Perfect. But I've got another story for you. It's going to make you laugh, Cody. Oh, good. I'm excited. Uh, we're wrapping up the full court press. Sean, thank you so much for be- being here. It is so great. It's to always have you. always a pleasure. We're, we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to do it a lot. Eric's gone all next week. I mean, we have no show next Monday because of the holiday. But Tuesday through Friday, uh, Ryan Zimmerman's coming in. We're oh. working on that. Ryan Zimmerman's going to hang out with us for a day. Nice. Uh, we'll talk with him. Uh, working on an interview with Stu Morrill. <laughs> Still working That'd on that. That'd be awesome. Uh, Love Stu. Spencer Nilton won't reply to my text. He left you on read? I, we, 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 yeah. Like, well, he, no, he left me on delivered. He didn't even read it. Oof. <laughs> like, I saw him, and I was like, hey, man. So we started talking. I'm like, hey, you know, when are you going to call on my show? And he goes, hey, you just give me a call. And I'm like, all right. So I called him, <laughs> and then nothing. So I texted him, and nothing. I mean, like, what's your, what's your, what's your problem, man? You see the lack of, of surprise on both of our faces? It's like, you know. You're not as big as you thought, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pick six. What's nine, my nine, prize? Nine, five, by the way, says uh, check the stats on Curry versus Brooks. I don't give a crap because I it, it, it's Donovan versus Brooks, not Curry versus Brooks. Would you have rather, and granted, we, we lost the first game, but would you have rather seen Golden State or Memphis? I have Memphis. Memphis is going to wear out. They're going to get tired, and they don't have the experience to go five, six games in this. Curry and the Warriors have experience. Draymond Green, Curry, Coach Kerr, those guys have that Curry. experience. Curry, I think that's that's all they've got. I oh, man, I, I would not have Draymond seen Golden State Green defensively gives you issues. You just get him ticked off, and he gets teed up a couple times, and you're you're golden. They don't tee him up though, man. They let yeah, him that's have. That's true. That's they true. don't tee him up. But then, like, Trent Forrest stands up off the bench. Hey, 
You suck. Hey, Technical no. foul right there. <laughs> Brooks headbutts Conley. Play on. No big deal. Just headbutted him. Like, good heck. I mean, what a joke. Pick six. Nine 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 five. Ha ha. So Donovan is a better handler player than Curry and injured Donovan at that. Yeah, Aj. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah. yeah, speechless. In, re- in regards to being a playmaker, Donovan's better. In regards to being a better shooter, Curry's better. And we don't know. I mean, and Donovan might 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 feel fine. Like Donovan actually might feel really good. He don't know if he doesn't. Yeah. Nobody knows. I think it's it's the team around him, and I think right now, uh, you know, Donovan just has more options. He has yeah. The the team will be a better team with him on the court. Does he score forty? No. Does he even score thirty? Maybe not. But I think it just there. There's more confidence. The guy, other guys, feel better about who they are and what they're doing with him on the court. And Golden State just didn't have that. I mean, it's Curry had to create everything himself and didn't have any options. Pick six. Yeah, pick six. So uh, here we go with the first one here. We got runs scored in Please Cubs at Cardinals series. Uh, <laughs> over under set at 22 and a half. We got 21. Eric took the over. Ajay, you and I took the under. We're ahead by one here. Ooh, Ooh very saucy. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Don't ever say it like that ever again. Very saucy. Donovan Mitchell minutes in game one over under 22 and a half. I don't know if you know this, but he didn't play. Uh, and Eric was the only one that took the under. <laughs> so, oh, well. oh, that sucked. I know. So we're all tied here. Uh, John Morant points at Golden State. Line set at 22 and a half. Uh, he got 35. Oof. Eric and Ajay took the over. I took the under. So uh, Ajay, you're ahead. Me and Eric are at one. You're at two. Uh, Sabonis points versus Washington, 22 and a half. He had 19. Took Eric the took the over. You took the under, Ajay. What? Took the under. What? I took the over. Ajay, you're at three? What? Yeah, you're at three here. Jimmy Butler rebounds versus Milwaukee. Uh, line set at eight and a half. He had 10. We all took the under. Uh, Colorado Avalanche versus St. Louis Blues. 3-1, you're going to blow a 3-1. Colorado one. giving one and a half. Eric took the under. We took the over. Me and you both got that. Oh, Goodness. Oh, <laughs> man. Who has, goodness. Who has more points in game one, Dame or Jokic? Damien did. Fun fact, they both had 34. So no one got the point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Rudy wow. Gobert, uh, game one plus minus, line set at nine and a half. He got nine. Eric took the under. We both took the over. I think I still am winning. You're up by one right now. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler in game one. Uh, points, 21 and a half was the line. He got 17. Eric took the over. Ajay, you took, took the, the under. under. Yeah. Thought you were going to blow a 3-1 lead there, Give buddy. me some, dog. I will. Give me some. I'll give you some. Good for you, Ajay. Don't expect a prize out of me, though. It ain't <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> Take it away, Ajay. I'm just glad we did You know what? I wish we would have done a bet this time. Yeah. Eric would have had to shave his head. Oh man! Okay, dude. Wow. Do you know I, I got a I got an idea for our prank on Eric. What? I'm not saying it on air. Oh, oh, oh it's one of those. Pranks. One of those pranks. I understand. You know what you ought to let me do is just you know make his his uh, uh, prize to you for losing. I I'll just make up whatever you want. <laughs> you know I can it can be brutal. <laughs> I got an idea. 
Uh, see, 9995, guess we'll see, eh? Maybe you're right, but Brooks has a different mentality right now and guards the best player. It's playoff time. We'll find you, out. You gotta like it. I mean, he oh, did. He it. came to a. He came to that game with attitude. I have you no bet doubt. You, but he he came in like that whole team came in and said, "Dude, we don't give a crap who you are. We have nothing to lose. We're gonna turn into a street fight. We're gonna make you guys fight us. And if you can't handle it, you're done." That's what happened. I think the Jazz come in with a different different mentality on Wednesday, and it's like a more physical mentality. And uh, Joe's gonna do some talking. Jordan's gonna do some talking. Donovan's got a lot to say. That's that's just me though. I hope you're right. I think I will be. Uh, a lot of games going on tonight. We'll get to some NBA basketball tomorrow. We'll recap the tonight's games. Uh, playoff basketball already here. Full, uh, full. What's it? About <laughs> what, what are you trying to I say? About about, about, well, about said full disclosure. I'm like, I was a little concerned. I thought you were having a stroke over there or something. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, All right. So dark horse. I I I listen as much, much as I can. You guys got ten seconds. What's your hot take? Oh. Dark horse right now in the NBA. Memphis. Oof. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I guess you're not going to have one. Well. 